You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. NFL playoffs have been full of drama, and it all comes down to one more game. It's the Super Bowl Pick'em Show. Dun, da, 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 dun, dun, da, da, da. It's just about time for the Super Bowl. Technical malfunction with the microphone. You got it. Say something. Say something. I hear you. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. You want to lead us in? Your levels are really low. You got to speak into the microphone. Is this better? That's better. It's still low, but it's audible. Is it because of this? No, that's not even in the way. I know. Do I need it? No, you're fine. It's me. It's for me because I, my mouth is very juicy. Oh god, people are gonna hate listening to that. They're gonna be like, that's disgusting. Edit that out. No. Okay. That's in there for the true fans. Okay. People who like ASMR, they're gonna love that. But I don't think that's our listener base. Anyway, uh do you wanna lead us in? We've got about four hours until we need to head to the airport. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to Hawaii, we're going on vacation. We're not even going to be at home in Los Angeles while the Super Bowl is going on. I think that's probably for the best. Yeah, it's going to be chaotic. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I mean, it's probably not going to be too bad around us, but hey, you never know. So anyway, you want to lead us in with the matchup, with the goods. You always lead us off. Yeah. It's Bengals at Rams at home for the Rams. It is. Even though I'm looking at this and it says that the Bengals are technically the quote-unquote home team in this matchup. Oh, yeah, because doesn't it not matter where the actual location is? Yeah, it's supposed to be a neutral site, So it's, but, I mean, it is a home game for the, the Rams. Oh. Yeah. The Bengals are listed as the home team, which means they probably have the choice to wear the dark uniforms. Hmm. Which I would. Don't let the Rams wear blue. Why are they the home? Because their record was better? No, their record wasn't better. I think it's just determined beforehand. I don't know what I don't know what determines it actually. I just the way that like the breakdown for uh all of the visuals for it, like the the home team is always on the right, the home team is always on the bottom, so this just lists the Bengals as the quote unquote home team, but either way, they're not playing at home. The Rams get to sleep in their own beds. Interestingly enough, the money the money line has moved a lot since I looked at it. When I first saw it, it was four and a half. Then it went down to four. Now it's three and a half. So that means money's coming in on the Bengals. I mean, because the Bengals started at plus two hundred, so people probably looked at that like those are good odds for the Bengals to be able to win this game. I mean, I don't think it's impossible. It's not. So what are your what are your first thoughts on this game? a complicated question it's a simple question with a complicated answer perhaps is it mr literal 
Um. Some more ASMR. Yeah, that's the sound of <laughs> Diet Coke. Uh, careful. What? Careful what? Are you not? Are you allowed to say Diet Coke? Yeah. I mean, I would like them to pay me for saying it, but <laughs> I mean, I would do a commercial for Diet Coke for free because I love Diet Coke. I know. But I would prefer they pay me. <laughs> and they should. Yeah. So I'm not going to do a commercial for free. But if they want a sample, it would go like this. Delicious Diet Coke. When you're podcasting at midnight and you have a flight to catch at 3 a.m., nothing hits the spot quite like a cold, crisp, refreshing Diet Coke. Just for the thrill of it. Diet Coke. All right, that was really on. good. On it was spot. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly have mixed feelings about this game. Mixed feelings, how so? Like, I I don't know how to pick it. I don't either, uh, because I can't I can't count the Bengals out, and I've picked against them in the last two games, thinking the Titans are gonna be a nightmare for Burrow. He's gonna get sacked a bunch of times in that game, and he did, and they still won. Yeah, I picked. I was in favor of the Bengals the last couple of weeks, and yeah. they've won. I'm not anti Rams, obviously. I am a Los Angeles native. But I think it would be... I'm more invested in the Bengals' story. Yeah. I mean, I would be happy for Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford to get that championship. Uh, Von Miller's already got one with the Broncos. Uh, I mean, Eric Weddle's back. I think he was on that Rams team that went to the Super Bowl. If that's the case, then, uh, you know, he's been there and he's coming back to try and make a run at it again. But, you know, Joe Burrow's coming back from that injury, him and Chase being college buddies and kind of carrying that over to the pros is interesting. And I just like that they're like these underdogs that they just keep finding a way to win. Even in the, the Chiefs game in the playoffs, it's like they had just beaten the Chiefs a couple weeks before that in the regular season. And it was an 11 point game at the half, just like it was in the playoff game. And the Chiefs got out to a 14 nothing lead in that regular season game. They jumped out to an early lead in the playoff game, too. And I just figured, like, the Chiefs aren't going to make the same mistakes the second time around against the Bengals. And I don't know if it was the same mistakes, but the Bengals just figured them out in the second half. And everybody was saying, like, oh, it's a Mahomes choke job and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mahomes didn't choke. Like, the Bengals' defense stepped the fuck up. They played incredible in the second half. They figured out what Kansas City wanted to do. And they were beating it to the punch. And as soon as like the pressure started to mount on Kansas City, they just wanted to throw the ball all the time. And the Bengals knew it. And so they started dropping into these eight-man coverages with these disguised three-man fronts. And they just set them up for failure. And it's not like, you know, to say Mahomes choked, I think, is an overstatement. Like, he's played really well. He played well in the first half. He threw a bad interception at the end of the game that ended up costing them because they had started to get desperate. And they felt like the pressure and the momentum was getting away from them. So... That being said, it's tough to count the Bengals out. They're totally capable of winning this game. They definitely are. I mean, I think we've they've been really fun to watch this year, but especially in the second half of the season. And just, it's been fun. Even having nothing emotionally invested in this team, it's been fun to watch them and root for them being the underdogs 
and seeing them just kind of pull out very crazy, unbelievable plays. I mean, Chase goes crazy, but even Burrow, he's been fairly, even if, even if he's getting sacked a lot, he's still pretty consistent when he's throwing that ball and where it needs to go. Yeah, he's only, like, he's thrown two picks in the playoffs. And as I, as I was, like, breaking down and doing the writing for this game, like, I went, like, crazy deep diving into this. And uh, he's got two picks, but the team has a plus five turnover differential, which is the best in the playoffs. So they've got two giveaways, which are those Burrow interceptions, which weren't great, but they weren't terrible interceptions either. It's like, they were just like weird throws, maybe miscommunications. I think they were like both to the sideline too. Um, So it could have just been a timing thing. And obviously like they're a young team. So maybe that happens, but their defense has seven interceptions or I think six interceptions and a fumble recovery. So that says a lot. Like, they're able to trap the opposing quarterbacks. They did it to Tannehill, like, late in that game where they picked him off and essentially won the game. Uh, They did it to Mahomes twice. One of them was that, remember that play that I showed you, like, we were watching it on replay, how the the secondary defender is blitzing from the side that Mahomes doesn't see, Mm -hmm. and then they drop Hendrickson in coverage, which forces Mahomes, like, to misread the situation. Uh, They did a lot of that uh, disguise kind of coverages, and... That can work against the Rams. We'll see. Stafford's been around long enough to probably deal with that, but the Rams want to run the ball, and uh, Cam Akers is dealing with that shoulder injury. So if they're just stuck with Sony Michelle, and he if, he, if he doesn't break like 70 yards and they're just having trouble running, it's going to affect how they can play because if they're going to have to be throw heavy, that's going to lead them into those kind of traps that, Cincinnati likes to set in the second half it's like I don't know that they intentionally like let you get away with things in the first half but it seems like they just make really good adjustments and read the tendencies well in the second half so they know what's coming and when we were watching the Rams 49ers game it was like the Rams throw on third down like all the time that's like their favorite thing to do and I think Mm -hmm. of their 11 first downs that they had against the 49ers seven of them were completions to Cooper Cup So against a defense that likes to run kind of like trap zones, trap zone blitzes, that's not a great formula because sooner or later they're going to get one. And Stafford threw a pick in the 49ers game and he threw that deep ball that was a bad throw, bad decision down the field that Jaquiski Tart dropped with like seven minutes left in the game that could have won the game for the Niners. So we saw like as, as good as Stafford has played, we saw a little bit of like the weakness in his game against a team that knows him really well. And the Bengals have had two weeks to like watch that tape, you know, see they're going to obviously have trouble guarding Cooper cup and OBJ because everybody does. And like Cooper cup led the league and receiving in every category for a reason. So it's tough to take him away, but if you can limit him and not let him have like 180 and three touchdowns or whatever he had against the 49ers, like I think he went like for 150 and two touchdowns, maybe some, some crazy number, but it's just interesting to see the over-under is only 48 and a half on this game. So Rams are still favored right now? Yeah, the spread has come down a full point. Uh, it started at uh, plus 200 for the Bengals, minus 160? Minus 190 maybe? Now it's plus 150, minus 175. And as I started to like really deep dive the numbers on this, what I found super interesting is that like during the regular season, like you couldn't tell these two teams apart. If I just lined up their statistical success 
on paper, you probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Uh, you're looking at like the number nine and the number 13 offense. And I mean, another eerie thing is both quarterbacks were nine. Both quarterbacks had very similar passing numbers in terms of touchdowns, interceptions. Uh, you're looking at, let's see. Uh, the Rams are fifth in passing. Bengals are seventh. Cincinnati's 23rd in rushing. The Rams are 25th. Uh, the yards per completion are off by 0.4 yards per completion. Their yards per carry are identical at 4.3. Uh, the Rams are a little bit better on third down because Stafford's been very good there, but it's still, you know, their advantage is 4%. Uh, and their red zone advantage is 0.4%. So, and then if you look at uh, total points for on the season, exactly the same. Both of them scored 460 for an average of 27.1 per game. So that's, you know, that's 54 points. So that's why I'm saying I don't know why the, the over is so low. They expected, I guess, to be a defensive game because it's both good defenses. But I think sooner or later, it'll be a defensive game for a while. But, you know, the dam's going to break eventually. Both of these offenses, I think, are too good to just be held down. And even if they don't both get to 27, they only both need to get to, like, 24 in order to take the lid off the, the over there. And hopefully it is good because you don't want to see a boring Super Bowl. Nobody wants to see that. Like, last year was an ass-kicking. You know, nobody likes that. Unless, you, I mean, you, if you're a Tampa Bay fan and you don't like the Chiefs, then you love to see it because, you know, it's a whooping. But And then a couple years before that, when the Rams were in it again, is 13-3. Like, that was a horrible Super Bowl. Yeah, it was boring. It was. And it was, like, because the Rams were this, like, you know, Sean McVay super offense, and then they come out here and they score three points. So little it's you know embarrassing. embarrassing that way and uh let me see uh so defensively the rams 17th cincinnati 18th in total defense uh 15th and 17th in scoring defense respectively passing defense 22nd and 26th rush defense 6th and 5th so 6th for the rams 5th for cincinnati so uh Oh, yeah, third down percentage against on defense, 21st and 22nd. Like, these teams are identical on paper. It's crazy. Um, and so, like, the more I broke it down, the more I looked at it, like, I started looking at the playoff numbers and everything, and the Rams do have the edge in the playoffs. Like, they put up more yardage, they give up less yardage, they score more points, but where the Bengals have the edge is the turnovers. So, it, it, turnovers typically tend to play a large factor in competitive games so the team that you know is responsible with the football is going to be better off and the rams turnover differential is even at zero because they have five giveaways and five takeaways and it's been fumbles you know cam Akers fumbled twice and then he had the shoulder injury afterwards so even with the two weeks off i don't know if he's at 100 uh they could be getting higby back which will help with the run game and it looks like uzoma is going to play really he said, I'm not missing this game. I mean, I don't blame him because what if, I mean, is there any is there any scenario where he can just, like, go on the field once and be done or something? Or does he want to actually try and play the whole game? I mean, I think the quote I read was something like, there's no way I'm missing the biggest game of my life. So I think he wants to play. I think he wants to contribute. It'll be important, too, because putting him out there as an extra option, especially on third down, like, 
the Rams love to pressure the quarterback. They, they were a little bit better on the season in sack numbers, but it wasn't drastic. Like their percentage a little bit higher. They had a little bit more total sacks, but it wasn't a dominating edge defensively for the Rams. Um, but when you look at like what the Titans did to the Chiefs in that game, like you have to think that Aaron Donald and Von Miller uh, are going to have the kind of game that they're paid to have in the biggest situation. Like the kind of game that they're they're on this team to have, um, and the big guy in the middle, I can never remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Greg Gaines, he's been fantastic for them. He he almost never comes off the field, uh, so he's like a, he's not quite like as good as Aaron Donald or anything like that. But he commands double teams. He's huge, good tackler. Uh, he's good at shedding blocks. So. Like, if you're spending time double-teaming Donald, like, he's going to get through. If you spend time double-teaming him, Donald's going to get through. You know, Von Miller's going to get through on the other side. Like, you can't stop everybody. So if I'm the Bengals, especially on third down, we have to run, like, short routes, get the ball out of there quick because we can't, like, let them tee off on third and long, which means, like, having Uzoma in the game will be a big difference because he's going to be that quick first option guy off the line. But him and Higby are both dealing with knee injuries, like, Uzoma didn't he get carted off the field and came back on crutches at the end? So that was only two weeks ago. He's got an MCL sprain that he's dealing with. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on like how active he is. But the backup guy for the Rams, Blanton, he has played, you know, a lot of snaps and had success in Higby's absence. So there's experience there, but Higby is a better run blocker. So that will factor in a little bit as well. I mean, the matchup that I really want to see, I think that everybody wants to see in this, is Jalen Ramsey against Jamar Chase. I, I think the Rams would be crazy to leave him one-on-one. Like, despite as, as good as Ramsey is, like, you've seen the speed that Chase has and his ability to go up and high point the ball. Like, do you just, do you want to gamble with him one-on-one? Because if I'm Cincinnati and I see one-on-one ever, I'm going there. 100%. Make make Ramsey prove that he's as good as he is. Because even if he is as good as he is, you can't be afraid to throw to your best receiver. Yeah. Make Ramsey have to defend the pass. And then if he can't win the one-on-one and they're doubling him and they're like they're showing like hedge coverage on his side, that means Boyd and Higgins and Uzoma and Mixon out of the backfield, Perrine, like those guys are gonna have to step up and have big moments. Which they can. We've seen them do it. They can. I think one of the big keys for Cincy in this game is Mixon's going to have to just weather the storm because it's going to be hard to run on the Rams early because they're going to try and shut down that run and force Burrow to throw because they know if they're forcing Burrow to throw, they get to pass rush a little bit more. So it's like you get to play a little bit more one-dimensional defense and let your defense do what it's best at, which is coming after the quarterback. And, you know, Aaron Donald made that play at the end against Jimmy G that ends up winning the game. So I'm sure they want to do something similar because uh, they shut down the Niners run game and the Niners are one of the best rushing teams in the league. Uh, and I think they held them to 50 yards and you saw what it did to them. Like once the Niners got up 17-7, like they just couldn't they couldn't bleed the clock because they couldn't run. And Jimmy just wasn't able to like win the game himself, unfortunately. That is why our... The third member of our playoff pick'em team for the show is not here. He's still he's still mourning the loss. Morning. Yeah, I don't think that's really the excuse. He decided to play basketball from eight to ten p.m. and then texted me saying, "Can we do the show at midnight?" 
No. I said, bro, I'm leaving for the airport at three in the morning. I cannot do the show at midnight and then do all the cleanup work after that. So he told me to hold on and I haven't heard back from him since. I told him we could do 11, but it's 1130. He's not here. So we miss you, Chris, but we miss you, Chris. I'm sorry about the 49ers. The show must go on. We'll do a postseason show after the Super Bowl. You can talk about the Niners draft and what you want to see in free agency and all that stuff. And we'll just chop it up and we'll talk when I get back from vacation. What do you want to see in this game? What what are you most looking forward to? Because this game is on your birthday and we're going to be in Hawaii. And it's going to take a huge chunk out of your birthday. And I know that's not ideal for you. No. But I know you do want to see the Super Bowl. I do. I'd like to see it on a different weekend. Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice, but it's going to be on your birthday weekend forever now. Forever? Well, it's going to be the second week in February forever until no. they until they add another week to the season. No, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. It'll be that second weekend in February now. So, bummer. I can tell you're really bummed about this. Well, it sucks. I like celebrating your birthday. I like planning things for your birthday and surprises. And I can't do any of that when there's a big four-hour chunk of the day missing in a game that I want to see. Yeah, I agree. I know. Imagine if the Bills were in it. Imagine if the Bills lost in the Super Bowl on your birthday. I would be like just a devastated pile of sadness that you'd have to drag around with you. Fun. Yeah, it does sound fun, doesn't it? Does. So on the upside, let's not put that into the universe. I mean, that's the one decent thing that came out of the Bills not making the Super Bowl is that it's not going to ruin our vacation. <laughs> <laughs> amen to that. Amen to that. I'm not a God-fearing man, but amen. I don't know it's going to be a good game. Uh, we were talking the other night. You asked me like who I wanted to win and why. And my rationale was that the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl this year. They made the trade to get Stafford. Uh, they signed OBJ. They made the move to get Von Miller. Like, they're built to win now. Because if they don't, and this team, like, falls apart and doesn't win anything, they risk maybe, like, wasting this entire move to Los Angeles. Because they got there with Goff, and then it was like, all right, Goff's not going to be the guy to get us there, even though we gave him, like, a $40 million contract a year after he got there and then a year later he's fired um so the, the, like the rams are trying to build a fan base that will sustain the cost of that stadium for at least you know 20 years uh but you know i think the rams were in la twice already and moved i could be wrong but they're here at least once and left so there's no guarantee that the rams are staying here let's just be realistic about that we got a nice stadium for them, so it's probably a good idea for them to stay. And the Chargers play in that stadium, so there's something. But it's like neither of those teams really feel like they're at home here, you know? Oh, well, I agree, and I think that's why it's hard to feel connected to the Rams, even being a Los Angeles resident or just native in general, is that there's there isn't that connection to seeing the same players consistently. Um Sorry, my watch is telling you to breathe and exhale. Um, you know, there isn't that... Like, they're fun to watch sometimes, but they're not consistently fun to watch. And the play, the lack of the connection with the players, like, Woods has been out. 
Gurley hasn't been there in a couple of years. Gurley was really fun to watch. So I feel like there's so much turnover and, and change in a very short period of time. Yeah, they've only been here for like five, six years. Yeah, that it's like, how do we how do we feel like, oh, this is our team. This is our, you know, I feel even just by association with you, more invested in the Bills because I've been watching the same players for several years with them too now, where I can't say that about the Rams. Yeah, and generally, like, that's kind of the way you build football teams is, like, you find the guy that you want to be your leader and then you build around him and look at a team like the Colts, right? They drafted Peyton Manning. I think he was the number one overall pick or, I mean, he must have been up there the year that he got drafted. It was 98, but they don't win a Super Bowl until, like, eight years later. And they lost a Super Bowl before that, too. So they knew that he was the guy, and they just knew that they had to continue to build around him until they got there. And, like, they were always good. They just always came up a little bit short. And, like, that's what the Bills have done. Like, they found Josh Allen. They got him to be their starter. They built around him. It's the same thing the Bengals were doing. But the reason that I kind of selfishly want the Rams to win is because if the Bengals win... It's like they've leapfrogged the Bills in the in the process, right? The Bills have had the Chiefs ahead of them as the team to beat. And all of a sudden, the Bills will go for, from potentially one of the Super Bowl favorites to what, they're the third best team in the AFC if the Bengals win? So it's like it's a longer road for the Bills. There's more hurdles in their way where it was like, okay, they lost in overtime on a coin toss. They're right there because everybody assumed the winner of that game is going to win the Super Bowl. And now the Chiefs are gone because the Bengals beat them. And the Bengals were able to do to the Chiefs' uh, offense what the Bills were not able to do. And the Bills had the number one defense in the league. So it says a lot about the Bengals. The Bengals are very, very good. And I just feel like they've still overachieved a little bit to this point. Like, you know, they brought in Burrow last year, and they probably would have, they would have definitely been a lot better than I think what if that like four and 12 record or whatever they were last season. But it got them another good draft pick and it allowed them to take Chase. But they knew Burrow was their guy. And so they got Burrow in the leadership role. They started to build a defense around him. They already had Mix in there. So it's like we have a run game. We just need like an ace receiver and a little bit better defense and a healthy Joe Burrow, and we'll see what we can do. And look what they've done. It's it's amazing, honestly. Zach Taylor is an awesome coach. He should be coach of the year. And really, the Bengals probably were 11-6, and six, but they just, you know, they didn't really try the last game. They rested a bunch of guys, let Cleveland get that win. Like, whatever, it didn't matter. So... They're not really like a 10 and 17 like the Raiders were. Like the Raiders were fighting to get in the playoffs the whole season, right? The Bengals had beaten the Ravens twice and taken the division from them. So like they were locked in sooner and they were able to rest later. But, you know, it's just tough. Like the Bills don't play in a good division, but you look at the North, like Pittsburgh was a playoff team. The Ravens were a playoff team the year before. Cleveland was a 10 win team in the playoffs the year before. Like it's not an easy division to just go from like four and 12 to being the champion of the division, especially with the veteran coaches in that division too. Like what they did is not easy and they deserve a lot of credit for it. And if the Rams sleep on them and think that they're better, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. The Bengals can play. They can play with anybody, and they showed it at this point. They can play any style of game, too, which is increasingly frustrating because if it's a defensive game, they can do that. If it's a shootout, they can do that. If it's going to be a special teams game, they can do that. So, I mean, if you're inclined to put money on the Bengals, I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, I did end up picking the Rams in this game, 
but I picked against the Bengals in the last two rounds and been wrong. I haven't gotten a pick right since the first round. And I've gotten almost all of them right. Yeah, because I'm just I'm using logic and I'm using numbers to like try and build it. And I see like they're the favorites for a reason, right? I think the Rams are rightly favored in this game. I'll say that. But I think the Bengals can cover four and a half for sure. And now that it's down to three and a half, like a lot of other people thought the Bengals can cover four and a half too. I think the Bengals are living my motto of it's not over till it's over. Bengals are playing with house money. They're young. They, they're not supposed to be here. All the pressure is on the Rams. They're at home. They were supposed to be in the Super Bowl. I think I looked at the, the odds at the beginning of the season. I think the Rams were third or fourth overall in terms of favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Bengals were 28th. Wow. <laughs> so the Bengals were barely even. I bet the Bengals are not projected to be a playoff team because of what happened last season. Because you didn't get to see how good Joe Burrow was. And then it's like, okay, we brought in his college buddy, and they obviously click. They had their struggles during the season, and, you know, he didn't look great in every game, but there's moments where Joe Burrow looked incredible. He had, I think, like a 500-yard, five-touchdown game, like twice this season. Something crazy like that. So the kid can fucking play. He's cool as a cucumber in the pocket. And I think that leadership goes a long way, too. Like, obviously, the team believes that he's the guy. Um... And that's, that's the hardest part, like the leadership thing of like, the Bengals are down 21-3 in the Chiefs game, right? How do they not quit at that point? Because they know that Burrow can get them back in it and they just, they got to work their way through it. So they just take their time. They're patient. You can't get it all back in one play. So you score a touchdown. You kick a field goal. You just start playing defense, get a couple stops here just start adding points, make the pressure build, right? Some teams, some leaders, some quarterbacks are not able to do that for their team. You see that once, like, the offense starts stalling, like, there's no answers. And I'm not going to name names, but we saw it in the playoffs with a particular person who's very highly touted. And disliked in this room. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even, like, it's not a personal dislike. It's more just a, I always thought this person was overrated. And I, I'm vindicated. But anyway, Matt Stafford is one of those guys, too, where I was like, I always thought Matt Stafford was tough. He was good, but he's an interception machine. He led the league in interceptions this year. And I always felt that that was going to bite them in the ass. And it almost did in the Niners game. And now they're playing a team that leads the playoffs in turnovers and leads them in interceptions and has a very timely defense. They just know how to suck you into like throwing into a bad spot and if of all the games where Stafford cannot afford to be throwing turnovers or throwing picks this is that game and let's like the Bengals also sack fumbled Mahomes in the last game too and they sack fumbled uh, uh, Derek Carr as well so it's like they can get to the quarterback they can make you throw those bad picks Uh, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson are very good uh, B.J. Hill has been very good in replacement of Larry Ogunjobi. And Jermaine Pratt, who's consistently listed as out on their death chart, has played all three playoff games and has played well. And their secondary is way underrated. So you got to think that with uh, the pressure that they can get on the quarterback, it helps their secondary. And they're just they're crafty. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm starting to talk myself into the Bengals here. 
Because part of me is like, part of me is like, AFC represent, you know? The Rams are division rivals to the Seahawks. Like, I don't want to cheer for them. Yeah, that's weird. The Rams are in LA, and it's like, nah, I like the Seahawks. You mean Bengals? No, I'm saying in general. Uh -oh. Like, the Rams are in a Los Angeles team, but it's like I was already cheering for the Seahawks in the NFC West before that, so. Yeah. It's tough. But, you know, when the Rams are playing a team that I don't really care for, I'm like, okay, go Rams. But, yeah, I'd be happy for Cup. I'd be happy for OBJ to, like, go through what he went through in New York, and then it was like, yeah, he's a bad teammate. We're sending him to Cleveland, and then it's like, oh, fucking Cleveland sucks. It didn't suck. It just sucked for him, right? Yeah. Like, they made the playoffs, but it wasn't a good fit for him. Cleveland had this mentality that, like, let's get OBJ and, like, get another number two receiver, and it'll really, like, make Baker Mayfield pop. It'll make him be the guy that we think he is. And he's only gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, Baker's tough. He deals with a lot of injuries. He's not terrible. Like, a lot, he's not as bad as a lot of people think he is. But... I think in his first season, like, we saw how good he was going to be. I think he was coming off, like, a winning a national title, too. Or he won the Heisman, maybe won the national title in his last year at college. So it was like, he's already, like, at the level that he he was going to be at. And he had a very good, like, rookie season. But he's just, he's never gotten better since then. So a guy like Allen, who was drafted the same year, it's like, you know, he's a lump of clay, but he's a big, powerful lump of clay, and it's just been, like, molding and molding and molding to get him better and better and better. And now Allen's clearly the best quarterback out of that draft class. And it's a pretty wide gap between him and number two. So. Yeah. I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, they're just pesky. And the Rams, like, there's got to be so much pressure on them. Because it's like they've been to the Super Bowl. They made all these huge acquisitions. They're playing at home. Like, the expectation is that they're going to win. And they started the game as, like, five-point favorites. And now it's already down to three and a half. So a lot of people don't believe it. And I don't know why that is, because they have all the pieces in place that should be able to do it, you know. Do you think... Oh, let me ask you this. If the Rams sack Burrow nine times, can the Bengals beat the Rams, if that's the case? Yes. Yeah. Their defense is good enough to like stall the Rams out long enough for the Bengals to get back in it. If that all happens in the first half and they go to halftime and they come back, then yes. Because it's like if Tanhill doesn't throw three interceptions in that Tennessee game, Bengals don't win that game. If he doesn't throw the first interception in that game, the Bengals don't have a field goal lead at the end. So the Titans would be winning at the end of the game. But Tannehill throws a dumbass interception on the very first play of the game. And it was like, oh, well, they're definitely losing now. You haven't played in two weeks and you come out and you telegraph a pick on the first play. Like, you guys are screwed. And they fought their way back in it, but. I would say yes, still, because I think we could see Stafford still be pressured. Not only just having pressure in general with all of those variables you just listed, but I could see him still being pressured by the Bengals defense enough to make not sloppy decisions, but careless errors, really. Yeah, they're going to have to hurry it up. I mean, like I said, Stafford's played well, especially in the playoffs. He's looked good. He looked really good in Tampa. It wasn't him having the turnovers in Tampa either. It was everybody else fumbling. So it's going to be interesting because the Bucks are a different kind of like fast, angry, powerful defense that forces a lot of turnovers in general. Like, well, they force a lot of fumbles. They did it in the Green Bay game in the playoffs last year, too. They... Uh, they hit Aaron Jones and had him fumble a couple times, I think. So 
different kind of defense. That's why the Bengals are like, nah, we're going to kind of like, we're going to just, we're going to bend enough to get you into a passing situation. And then when you're in a passing situation, we're going to throw a different look at you and see if we can predict where you're throwing to. And if you're throwing to where we think you're throwing to, we're going to pick it off because we know it's coming and we're, we're prepared. So it's going to be a good game, though. Unfortunately, it's uh, two hours earlier for us because we'll be in Hawaii. So it's not going to be like, hey, three to seven and then everything, the whole day's gone. No, it'll just be right in the middle of the day. Yeah. But it's okay. We have dinner plans. Mm -hmm. I have plans for you in the morning. Oh, you do? Yeah, I figured it out. You Googled? Yes, I used the internet. Wow. The wizardry of the internet. See, I knew you had it in you. Yeah. I just, I know. I had, the, it had to get closer to the timing of, because I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you needed to wait till we were three days out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you do well under pressure. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm a journalist, babe. I get it. I work to deadlines. I get it. <laughs> That's why we're doing this at midnight when we have to leave at three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what else. Anything else you want to say on this game? The stadium is going to look nice. It is. It is going to look nice. The weather should be nice. I'm really just glad we're not going to be in L.A., to be honest. I think there's just going to be... I, I hope everyone stays safe. I hope... You know, it's unfortunate what happened after last game, so... I hope there's a little bit more control there. Predictable. Predictable. Like, I don't know why. Was it two Rams fans that fought, or is it the Bengals guy? Um, no, it was Rams... That put a 49ers fan oh, that's right. in the hospital. Yeah, he put him in the ICU. They, like, beat him or something like that. The San Francisco-LA rivalry is bad. I mean, there's been Giants fans getting, like, stabbed stabbed in the parking lot. There's been guys, like, you know, quadriplegics now because of fights that have broken out those games. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Oh, well, I'm not a fan of it either. Typically, the Rams fans, like, all we've seen, I've seen, like, three, four videos this year of, like, brawls breaking out between Rams fans yeah, in the stadium. I know. I know. They've been showing that a lot. I hope everyone stays safe and, and gets gets to actually enjoy it. I think it's going to be a beautiful day. Who's going to even go to that game when the minimum price of the ticket is like $5,500? I don't even know because I'm pretty sure it's sold out, and I don't even know how that's even possible. Bengals fans spending their life savings. Uh, I know a lot I know a lot of the Rams, uh, like players and stuff, probably buying tickets for like friends and family, but... Yeah, I mean, I wanted to make it work if the bills were in it for your sake, but I'm like, I don't even have enough credit, like, line of credits for that. No. <laughs> like, who who can do that? As much as I would love to go to the Bills, Rams, Super Bowl in Los Angeles, I'd be like, let's just put that ten grand aside and buy a house. Okay. Right? Yeah. Let's just put that towards our house money. We're so grown up. Yeah. We are. Or what do I have to do to, like, prostitute myself for Super Bowl tickets? Who do I know? We have some people with connections that could maybe get us tickets. but Maybe. But yeah. Super Bowl, I feel like that would be very high and long strings to pull. Yeah. Well. It's okay. We're going to watch it maybe from a beachfront bar. Yeah. Sounds good. Maybe if I ever get that Diet Coke sponsorship money. The Super Bowl is Pepsi, unfortunately. Ugh. Gross. I know. So that Diet Coke definitely is not going to get me in. But wait, is it Super Bowl or is it? Oh, yeah, because it's the Pepsi halftime show. Yeah. But is it also Pepsi at SoFi? I hope not. If it is, it'll be gross when we go there. Yeah. BYO DC. Yeah. 
I don't know. Every now and then, it's like if I, if I'm prepared, I can tolerate Diet Pepsi. If someone tells me it's Diet Coke and they hand me a Diet Pepsi, you'll spit it in their face. No, I'm not that <laughs> rude of a person, but I'll begrudgingly swallow it and then I, just be slightly upset the rest of the time. Yeah, I don't think that means you're you're that rude of a person. I just think you're dramatic. <laughs> I can be. Get this, gross. All right. Yes. Well, I guess I guess that's enough. All right. Chris well, decided not to join us. You, Chris, but I don't know. Let me make sure this is all recording properly. All right, well, yeah, it is. I don't have time to edit anything, so this is going to be the whole show. Oh, no. Whatever, it's fine. They're okay. going to hear those slurping sounds. Over time for the cheap. I know. Oh, people are just like, oh, he got me again. I can't believe I listened to the end of the show and he slurped into the microphone again. <laughs> so. All right, well, everyone stay safe, stay healthy. Happy Football Sunday until fall of 2022. Yeah, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Be well, stay safe. Hopefully, uh, if you manage to go to that game, hopefully there's not a gigantic COVID outbreak. But the numbers are better in LA, so should be good. Maybe the numbers are just better. Wink, wink, as the Super Bowl approaches. Mm-hmm. Um But anyway, thanks for listening. This episode has been brought to you by Diet Coke. (laughs) Unofficially. It's unofficially brought to you by Diet Coke. If anybody knows anybody that works at Diet Coke (laughs) and you listen to this show and you need a spokesperson for Diet Coke, I know they've tackled the mom market lately and that's where I learned to drink Diet Coke was from my mom. (laughs) But nonetheless, if you want a Diet Coke, just drink a Diet Coke. (sighs) Diet Coke. (laughs) All right, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. We'll be back in a few weeks. We'll uh, we'll figure something out. I gotta line up some different things. We got the the movie the movie awards. Oh yeah. That we'll do when we get back, non football related. But if you like listening to us talk, we'll do it again. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at scheisspodcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills. Go Bills.